Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beastie's Basic Podcast. Hey everyone, in today's episode, I'll bring back my dear friend Leo, who's just recently become a father, and we catch up after five long months about what it's like to have a baby girl in his life and um, what kind of new skills and tools he's using to learn everything about fatherhood. Then we catch up about things in Brazil and throw in some UFC for some fun. And I hope that you enjoy the show. Uh, please remember to subscribe. How's life been, man? What's going on? So you're, you've become a father now since the last time we spoke? No, it's pretty, it's pretty dope, man, I yeah. must say. It's an incredible feeling. It only gets better every day. That's the fun part of it. Have your priorities shifted from Foxy the dog to the baby girl? What's her name again? Oh, name? Fuck no. My, my dog is still uh, 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 a, a priority to me. It's the first I decided to be a, Yeah. I decided <laughs> to be a dad because of the love for my dog. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sort of called it when I first met you. I'm like, your wife is training you for fatherhood by getting you a puppy. <laughs> That's Maybe. A, I, I think a lot of people do yesterday that. I went on a four kilometer, uh, yesterday, I went on a four-kilometer walk with him. He's doing pretty well. That's excellent, man. You guys are bonding. That's very cool. Very do you cool. guys know kilometers in India still or, or no? You know, uh, just FYI, the Brits left the metric system here. It's just me. It's just me who is used to the different system in the U.S. So I do, I do both ways, you know. I do miles and kilometers and millimeters and inches, too. So I'm cool with both. So whichever is comfortable for you, sir, we, have, we, can, uh, we can implement whichever metric system you want to. Okay? It's actually centimeters, but uh, it's fine. Uh, mm. Yeah, mm. It's, it mm. doesn't matter. You're, you're, <laughs> Your, yours is yours is a couple of centimeters. I get it. I get it. I get it. Hence the Lannister. Yeah. But okay. Let's get going on the podcast, fuckface. Okay. Before... I truly love you, but my my time nowadays is fucking crazy. I don't even have times on weekends anymore because we only have a nanny during the week. So it's like... Uh, yeah. We shift between, uh, let's say, shifts with the kid yeah. or when we're both together and it's like the mom has been a superstar. It's really amazing how much mothers love their kids when you see it close by. Like it's something totally different from a dad. Mm -hmm. Like we do okay. get tired, but it seems like they never, never get tired. But they do. But like it's like it's strange. It's uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to see. That's true, man. I mean, you know, uh, I still don't have a perspective on that because I haven't experienced it. But I can imagine you and now having, having spoken with Andrew, both of you become recent fathers this year or in the last last yeah. year and a half. It's amazing how everybody's both. Of you've been telling me the same thing that the the mom is is it just seems to never run out of energy and she's like the energized yeah. battery, you know, nonstop, nonstop. And it's, it's gotta be exhausting physically and mentally for both of you. Yes. But the, but the, but the woman, the mother, it's phenomenal. So it kind of, it kind of makes you appreciate your mom better. Have you started appreciating your mom better? Do you call her and say, I love you, mom? Actually, actually, uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to point out 
because uh, it's a, it's a very different generation. Mm. Uh, for example, I'm trying to do something very different from what my mom did, and and I think that's where the dad gets a bit into it. Mm. It's um. What do you mean? What, do you, like, what, are you uh, to, what are you trying to do different from what your mom did? I, what, I don't know. I think, I, I think you have a pretty similar perspective on it from what we spoke. It's something called that's overlove. I don't know. A- access of love. Mm. Like it's not, I think you love the same way. Mm. But you see that too much love is, uh, is not good. Mm. Like, for example, my mom was shocked. When I put my my daughter in her own room when she was 20 days old. Okay. And I was and I yeah and I and they was like well why and I was like well I read about it, mm. and this is serious. I read a book for mothers called French kids don't throw food or French French children don't throw food. Okay. And uh, I don't know about what point it's true or whatnot, but it's pretty much a. Uh, an American journalist that lives in Paris, okay. and she saw that the kids from the fr- from from French couples were much more behaved than anglophone or la- anglophone parents. Okay, and it had to do with something that you present that structure is as important as love, and mm-hmm. structure from the get go teaches a kid a lot. And I, and I can tell this with me because uh, I was an only kid and a lot of things have to do with an anxiety and whatnot. Mm. But for example, since the kid is a baby, going by this book, you can, t- you can like teach it to a very simple individual, but mm. that develops at such an amazing pace, certain things that they start developing a, a process or a rhythm and even patience. Like, uh, for example, my kid nowadays, she, she's like, I don't know, she's 52 days old today. And she's already sleeping uh, from 8 in, at night or 9 at night till 5 in the morning yeah. to have her feet. And then she sleeps again till 8.30. And that, ha- and that has to do a lot with, like, structuring in a way that she eats every three hours. Mm. We don't let her sleep as long as she wants during the day. Mm. My mom thinks that's, uh, that I'm being a, a, a fucking Nazi. Mm. And, because, and, and, and she gets into the whole jokes with my Austrian heritage and whatnot. Mm. Not that it's exactly funny, but fuck all this politically correct assholes around the world. There's a humor to it. And, uh, and then I said, no, you mm. were the one. Because you didn't, you didn't give your kid structure. Like, if the kid sleeps too much during the day, he's going to become, you want it or not, he's going to become a hassle for the parents at night because they need to sleep and work the next day. And this has to do with something and providing the kid a good environment mm. and being good at your job so I can give my kid a good life as well. And it has to do a lot of it. And I notice it so much, like... A baby develops so quick, and the first thing they sense is like the energy you're passing on to them. I always thought this was bullshit. Mm. But like when I put her to sleep at night, or my wife, when both of us are tired or stressed out, yeah. she takes much longer to fall asleep. So wait a second, you... wait a second. You, put your, you put your wife to bed at night? No. 
I'm talking what, about my that, kid. That's what you said. You just said. Oh. You just said when I put when I put my baby to sleep at night or my wife. So I'm like, hang on, no, okay. your wife to sleep at night or my wife or my wife puts Eloisa to sleep just, at I'm night. Just, I'm just messing with you, yeah. Louisa. Yeah, Louisa, yeah, yeah. Louisa is her name. Okay. Eloisa. A H E L O I S A. Ah, okay. Eloisa. Eloisa. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Then. Uh, then it's like it's amazing how they feel your energy like when right. they're having stomach cramps or whatnot if you freak out with them it's gonna mm. get much much worse but if you like talk to them in a nice way and you like go hey how can i help you mm. tell, tell your dad like you have a conversation obviously you make a baby voice and whatnot mm. but you have an actual conversation with them you mm. uh you 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 really get into a sense mm. that they feel something that uh, that they they definitely feel the energy you're giving on to them so it's like uh, I'm sure it's a huge step for, mm. yeah, so it's a huge step for me I'm trying to be much better at home okay as a person and whatnot trying to be less stressed uh, which is definitely gonna be an objective of mine nowadays because of her and it has a lot to do with the way I grew up and like I went to and another thing it's like this book and all and all not not only this book but I'm gonna try to be very different from like uh, for example like um, what we spoke about once that parents from our generation which came from a much worse generation before we have it actually pretty good mm. we don't have what to bitch about to be honest considered like where our parents came from, but they had, they make like a massive mistake. Mm. They never explain a no when we were mm. like kids mm. or a yes. I it's just, like, you, yeah. you can't go, you can't have ice cream today. Then they're like, why? Well, because I don't want you to have ice cream. <laughs> and, like, and it's something so easy. It's like, well, it's because it's going to ruin your teeth. It might yeah. make you fat yeah. and it's going to ruin your health. And if you want to be even more of a jackass in a nice way, if you're fat in school, kids are going to make fun of you. Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, so, there, so there are many ways, like, this is something I really want to exercise. And like, mm. even when I wake up, even if I wake her up every three hours nowadays, mm. uh, three hours today or tomorrow, or my wife does, because she's going to do three or four months of maternity leave. Yeah. It's like... We explain to her why we are doing that, and like it's trying, like trying to sell something like muscle memory and so on. But we're training ourselves as well too, mm. because once they get older, they get much more complex. It's already amazing how to see a kid from its fir from its first day to its fiftieth day. So hold, hold like, on a second. Hold on a second. So, uh, so, what kind of tools are you using? So did someone recommend this book to you? And in addition to this book, what else are you using in, in, in communicating with the baby? No, like uh, a lot of it has to do with the baby, has to do with, sorry, has to do with this book. Mm. Uh, my wife found out about it actually because there was some blogger she follows on the internet that spoke about it. And I was like, first of all, oh, this is probably bullshit. There are a lot of quacks on the internet. You got to be careful. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then I, I started reading it, and it was a New York Times bestseller. I, okay. That doesn't mean much nowadays, because yeah. well, the New York Times is not what it used to be. It's like Fox News, but on the left. Yeah, uh, it's so getting the same, there. It's getting yeah, there. So the, it's like it's so hard to get proper sources nowadays. Mm. But then I started reading about her, and I saw some videos of her on YouTube. And I saw and I read about it, and it was like it was like really interesting. Uh, something I call I, I read a part that says like and again I'm getting the perspective from an American author about French society raising kids. I don't know at to what point this is true, mm. but they do something. But one of the things that intrigued me that this blogger or my wife talked about I have no recollection, is that. Um, when uh, the French parents, when the kid sends out its first cry, mm. Latin parents or Anglophone parents or, or whoever, whenever the kid does its first cry or first yell, they generally tend to run to the kid mm. to give the kid immediate satisfaction. Mm. And this has to have a lot to do with our society nowadays, you want or not, and the internet and what so on. And I'm a person like this too. I need immediate satisfaction, and I don't want my kid to have that. And like, for example, if the kid does its first outburst, many times he's just communicating or trying to, if it's a baby, he's trying to fart or whatever he's trying to do, or like yeah. he's learning that, oh, wow, I found out what my hand is like. Mm. And then you're like, okay, I don't need to go now. You give like 10 seconds. She cries again. It's like... Then she goes like, okay, I need to be properly alert. If she really bursts out, mm. then like, okay, there's something wrong going on. Mm. And then you go and you help. And that's gotcha. like, and that's like you, and that's like you're training the kid not to like yell and expect that something is going to come to her right away. So this book uh, was one of the things. And, uh, and the other thing was I, I, I went to Europe like um, two, three years ago and we started noticing because we, we began thinking, kind of seeing something. We weren't really thinking about being parents back then, because. But one of the things that we were in uh, Austria and Slovenia, mm. and we didn't see this in Portugal, which is a which is a Latin-speaking country. The dad or the mom, whenever she was giving her toddler uh, a diaper to get switched, whenever the kid was big enough to hold it. She gave the kid that diaper to know that he needed, that he could in a way communicate and said, like, I want to get changed. So you're like giving the kid sort of a sense of responsibility. Something, uh, something I didn't have or you had, it was like the mom had, had that a immediate need to mm. like, uh, oh, I need to fix this for my kid. My kid is useless. Mm. I need to do everything for him. And I, to be honest with you, in many ways, I was treated like that until I, I went to college. I hadn't touched a washing machine until I was 19 years old. Wow, really? Yeah, okay. But, yeah, but not because I didn't want to. Interesting, yeah, my mom right. Was, right. My, my mom was a fucking... Uh, well, you was were well a fucking, protected. No, it wasn't that. She thought people were incapable of touching her washing machine. <laughs> They're very protective and, uh, of their... My mothers are very protective of their belongings, man. I've seen that about... Yes. I've seen that. I've witnessed that about my mother protecting the kitchen. She wouldn't let me touch the kitchen. Like, what the fuck? No, I want to cook. Yeah. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy... No, you're not going to enter the kitchen. 
You're not, it's outside your domain. No, but uh, exactly. I want to speak to you about your training methods here. Now, what you mentioned earlier was that uh, it's how parents respond in times of baby's needs, and they're trying to train the baby to be able to sustain that whatever disturbance that they're experiencing a little bit longer by not giving yes. them immediate attention. So it's a lot similar to training a puppy, for example, where if, yes. the puppy, if the puppy barks a lot, you're supposed to let it just chill out and it passes out uh, after a few minutes. You know, you're not supposed to give it that attention because then you keep training it that, oh, that the owner is going to respond to the puppy if it keeps yelping and, and it'll yes. continue to yelp till such time you respond. So you, you're doing the exact same thing with the baby here. Yeah. So is, and, that uh, the, and, is that what this New York Times fucking author was telling you in a book about French parenting that they learned to train their babies from training puppies? No, it's actually, now that you make this association, um, I'm not really sure where they got it from, but it was like, um, it's like, it, it, really, it, it, it really is something that makes so much sense. Because, for example, mm. since day one, we yeah. like... They, they, they said, like, no, you can breastfeed feed your kid at will. And, like, yeah. we never did that, actually. We really tried forcing a three-hour interval because that's what they say. Because uh, that's what they say is ideal. Uh, not ideal, but a kid, uh, a newborn, should eat every three hours in his first 30 to 40 days of life. Okay. And, uh, and like, uh, and, like... It, in a way, but except, so yeah, you do have a structure. It's like uh, it's a dog in a sense. It's yeah, similar. but it's. I can it, tell it, you, it, man, I can quote some of the top puppy trainers, dog trainers, some of the most world renowned dog trainers, and, and they, the literature mentioned in their books, and these are some of the like, best recognized trainers that have handled some of the toughest breeds, and they explain the same thing. It's like when you have a puppy, it's ideal to get them to understand your language of communication and that, look, if, they're, if it's whining at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can afford to just pass out. You don't need to rush to its need. It's probably just okay, you know? And yeah. it, it understands that, and it, 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 it imbibes that communication that, okay, he's not going to come to me, so I may as well not, not yelp anymore or whine anymore. And then yeah. sooner or later, after six, seven months, it stops yelping, you know? So I'm guessing there is some sort of uh, motherhood principle that nature has, you know, instilled in our DNA, where women know how to do with that with the babies, and we learn how to sort of pass that on generation by generation. I guess. Yeah, I I I I don't know. I'm not an expert. But it's but it's exactly. this book is helping you though, hey. So it seems like this book is helping you. Yeah, no, this book was amazing, man. Up to now, like uh, it's really something that. That has worked. Like Fantastic. she's fifty days o o old, so I can't brag about it. But <laughs> I don't know many of many babies that sleep eight hours straight, nine hours straight. <coughs> yeah. At the age, at the uh, at, with days of life, and then sleeps another three hours. And she's and we took her to a to her pediatrician like ten days ago. Yeah. She's gained a kilo in a month. Okay. For you people like yourself that doesn't know the, what that means, it's two and a half pounds. Uh, so that's perfect for a, for, for a <laughs> child. If you use a guy's nose as your measurement system. <laughs> and, uh, 
Wow. And Leo's on fire, everybody. He's on fire today. <laughs> he's he's had he's had his cup of coffee. He's had his oatmeal for breakfast. <laughs> Actually, this is uh, sparkling water. Avoid using plastic, man. You got to take care of the ocean. Stop using plastic. That's true. That's true. But here, here it's like, this is something our countries have to develop a lot in. It's a global thing, man. But I think I still feel Sao Paulo is, is centuries ahead of this third world country. I, I guarantee you. In uh, I, well, yeah. It, I don't, when it comes to recycling and polluting and whatnot, we're, we're going to soon catch up with you if we don't do something fast. At the rate at which you're going. So I want to talk about some current affairs in Brazil, man. Like I just, I, it's kind of shocking to still read the news that there, the fires are still going on. It's been almost, what, April till October. It's a different region right now, though. I know, but it's, it's, it's just they haven't controlled it, right? It's just burning, right? Is this an annual occurrence or this is one of those rare ones which is uh, really a shock to the entire Brazilian economy and the, and the indigenous people that live there? No, there, 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 there are two things. Uh, first of all, it's an annual occurrence. Apparently, is it, it is much worse then uh, not much worse. It is worse than a regular occurrence, but I happen to be from that region in Brazil, and it does not rain from ah. April through September. Gotcha. So that's the first thing. So there are always forest fires or wildfires going on over there. Mm. It is a bit worse this year because it is a hotter year. Yeah. Because, but this is not the worst year ever. Understand. And... Uh, and, uh, and then, the, but there is an issue that uh, the president here is kind of a climate change, uh, he's in climate change denial, which is pretty stupid too. And uh, through the French president named Olivier Macron, which is, a, which, is a left, which is a leftist asshole, so you have a right asshole, which is a subordinate to another right asshole, which is Trump, which is our president, and a left <laughs> asshole, which is Macron, and they try sh blowing shit out of proportion in a way mm. that it makes things look much worse than what they are. Gotcha. And they keep on, uh, and they keep on trying to sell an image as if they were doing something completely out of the ordinary. Mm. The pro there is a much bigger problem in Brazil right now that uh, I don't know the word, but the but the uh, wildlife minister or like um, not wildlife. Our, our minister of nature, he tried deregulating the protection of uh, swamp-like areas next to the ocean mm. for the construction of... So, he, so there is an issue, yes. Mm. There's no, mm. Not that this is something bad. People yeah. are trying to sell this as normal. No, this is not normal. This should never be going on, but it, this doesn't start with this government. Gotcha, it's gotcha. Not no, like, it's been there for a while. It's not like it was something from way before that uh, that it was like, um, ah, this guy is going to destroy the Amazon, so on and so on. Right. He's right. not going to save it, but he's one of those that is continuing the, the destruction of wildlife and the area we're in right now is called the, the Pantanal. Yeah. So... Um, so there, there, there needs to be more done. You need to have a better control, especially of uh, uncontrolled ca cattle farming. Cattle, how do you, is it cattle farming you say? Cattle farming, cattle, cattle ranching, yeah. Yeah, there you go, ranching. 
Um, but it, it, it's not like something that um, that started now, and it's not the gotcha. first time we see something like this. And the it's, regions are very different. This is not the Amazon. This is in the central region of Brazil, an area called Pantanal. Okay. So it is not the. So it's not a forest that's in the north. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. So I, I, I don't know. Like if you compare it to California, that uh, that 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 the smoke went all the way to to Vancouver. Yeah. I was smoking, <laughs> speaking to a friend. Yeah. I'm kind of as far away from Cali. Well, the Pantanal is as far away from Sao Paulo. I'm pretty sure, as California is from BC, where the wild wildfires. So, in in retrospect. The fires that went on in in Australia and the U.S. Yeah. could be worse than the ones that are going here. Yeah, but you don't see this general outlash, and it's like um, it, it has a little bit to do with all this polarization and whatnot, and this ends up being why people are going either to a leftist asshole or a right asshole, and then you end up being going out like you don't think about the collective or not. Yeah. I end up going more right nowadays because for my job, yeah. uh, being on the right, voting right is better for me. And I didn't find somebody who collectively can take care of everything together. And like, uh, and like it's hard to say until the, the, the problem in Brazil is much bigger than, ah, we need to put out fires or not. We, need to, we completely need to rearrange our economy, our educational structures, so people shift to service jobs yeah. rather than cattle ranching and mining, which is where Brazil makes money. But Brazil I'll tell makes you, money up. But I'll tell you though, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you though, there's, you know, what I noticed was, and I think you and I agreed on this, was that uh, there's a huge disconnect between the cities, which are basically just two cities, Rio and Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo taking 70%. Or contributing towards the economy in a large way, and the rest of Brazil, there's such a disconnect, right? Like there's, yeah. and that, and I, I watch, I read books on it, and I watch documentaries, and I, I was amazed at how people that are outside or in the northern parts of Brazil, they're at least 20, 30, 40 years behind in terms of evolution. No, compared to access, access to infrastructure, talk about education, yeah. talk about communication, basics, just fundamentals. And, uh, and but, you know, even though, and, and I think the reason why they're at that and there's nothing being done about it is because they're economically satisfied with their contribution towards export of raw materials. Yes, that's, uh, that, 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 that's the big problem that was, that's going on. Like, let's say, Sao Paulo has, 25% of the population of Brazil, but uh, wow. represents 45% of the country's income. Okay. So it's like, uh, so like the, the state itself has 45 million people out of 220 million. So, okay, let's say like 40, 38%. Yeah. But 40, 45% of the federal income tax of Brazil comes from one state, the state of Sao Paulo. Yeah. So let's say, yes, like Sao Paulo is so much, so far ahead in certain areas but then other cities in brazil but we do have other major cities across the country i think uh, i'm not sure but i think we have around at least 15 cities that have over 1 million people and uh, but 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 the but the huge thing here is like 
for you to upgrade our investment, public education and healthcare in all of Brazil is bad. It gets much worse when you move up north, especially sure. the northeast and the northern regions, yeah. which is the Amazon region. Yeah. Education and opportunities of life are, are much smaller. And to be honest with you, yeah, there aren't many cities in Brazil. I'd say Sao Paulo is definitely the main one that you can actually become something if you work hard. Yeah. So like, yeah, there is, there is definitely a disconnect. And that is something that the left in Brazil that, so, that brags about so much they did for the people failed miserably on. What the mm. left did in Brazil was, was end starvation. But starvation is still highly prevalent. Mm. But they didn't develop infrastructure of education, of healthcare, of basic needs and of safety, which people need to prosper in a democracy to be around as they are, to work where they want and develop as they want. Yeah. They didn't do that in 16 years. So it's like uh, a guy, instead of being able to buy a machine to, 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 to clear out his field for cattle ranching, he decides to burn it because it's cheaper and then, it, and then shit gets out of control and then it burns more than what it should. And that's where the difference is between Australia, California, and so on, compared to Brazil and other parts of the world. But the, it is so much deeper that you have to go <coughs> that, uh, that this is like a conversation that, 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 that can take really, really long. Yeah, 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 no, I understand. No, for sure. I get it, though. I mean, a lot of it is political. A lot of it is previous... Uh, uh, incumbents and previous political leaders and you know what what current leaders inherit and they've got what one term to make the best out of it and obviously it's a vote bank winning system vote bank spinning um tv show essentially it's, it's drama yes. right it's entertainment for most people uh but moving on i want to now touch upon um uh, a few things so you you love ufc you love mma what, what, what are your thoughts on paula costa getting his ass kicked man <laughs> <laughs> you knew that was coming. Obviously, no, I, I was I was really happy for Izzy, man. Look at that. I was really happy for you. I'm like Izzy, yeah. This this is what Izzy took care of Paula Costa. Okay. Did you do you what what do you have going on on your tit? Is it the same thing as as Adesanya is or? No, I don't. Uh, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm an Adesanya fan. Yeah. I don't follow much the UFC nowadays, but the guy is an artist. It's like the way he strikes, the way he kicks. It's like, it's like, he's a douchebag. He did the whole talk about bullying and whatnot. He bullied the guy the whole time. So I don't really know what was going on. He was making fun of the guy for not speaking a language properly. Yeah. So I don't know what can be uh, a greater amount of xenophobia than that. But it yeah, was yeah. pretty funny. The yeah. other guy is, uh, is, uh, is a jock, is an asshole too. But it's like, it, 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 I hadn't seen a mismatch like that, and I don't see the UFC much. Like, the last time John Jones and Chael Sonnen fought for yeah. the 205 light heavyweight belt to, uh, to, to something like that, he got his ass kicked. And, uh, and I, I'm a big Adesanya fan. I just think the guy is really smart, really witty. His sense of humor is uh, like a sense of humor I really enjoy. Mm. So uh, I, I, I was glad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, I like him. 
when I saw yeah. the fight, he would he looked crisp for sure. But what was it was more like Paulo Costa just didn't show up. I don't know what the fuck he was doing. It was like as much as Izzy uh, looked sharp with his kicks and targeted in his approach. He had a strategy, and his tit looked really weird. That was really bizarre to look at. That it looked so off. And immediately I had red flags raising in my mind. I'm like, man, that does not look normal. And in his business. In the business of mixed martial arts, that's one easy, easy question for everybody to poke fingers on, right? But at the same time, Paulo Costa is obviously juiced up also. Look at him, man. A human being is not supposed to look the way he does, naturally True. speaking. No matter how much weight you lift or how much how solid your nutrition is. So you know, you put that you put that argument aside and just talk about the fight. Paulo Costa I saw his previous fights, man, and he, he's aggressive, right? He attacks. His normal strategy is attack first, and he punches, 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 and then he takes you to the ground. And he's, he, you know, and, and he, like, I don't know what his approach was. And everybody, all the experts that you listen to, all the commentators said the same thing, that the guy didn't show up. He had a really weird strategy approaching this. He, he, tried, to, he tried to incite Israel uh, Adesanya into attacking him more and more, but Izzy had the reach advantage, so he took care of that. Yeah. There you it was, go. It's, uh, it was, it, it yeah. looked, what looked like a really good fight on paper with the hype and everything leading up to it was clearly a one-sided affair, man. Clearly a one-sided affair. I, 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 like, it's easy to say now because we didn't speak about it, but I never thought it was. It was like... To me, it was like, it would be nowadays like like uh, Rampage Jackson fighting uh, fighting John Jones. I don't. I wouldn't say he's obviously not one dimensional. He's a much more modern kind of fighter. Hmm. But like, it, it was so obvious to see a, a guy that's like a, a world class striker, hmm. a better striker than Anderson Silva. Hmm. Could it's be. unbelievable to Could say be. something he's, like he's, that. He's second to Anderson Silva, right? He's got nine straight, and Anderson Silva has about 12, 13, or, or I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, undefeated. I don't know. Undefeated. It's, yeah. it's just like, it's something like, it's an evolution of the of something that was already so evolved that I don't... Uh, I never thought I would see a better fighter. Strike-wise, my favorite fighter from the UFC of all times is GSP. Oh, for sure. Even though he got... Even though he got boring as fuck towards the end, <laughs> he got older, but, man. But you got to respect GSP's. He took what four? Oh, years yes. Off? He took four years off, and he came back and he kicked the shit out of Bisping, dude. Yeah, it, no, but Bisping is nowhere near his level. I, I, I really want to see him against Nur, Nurmagomedov, or I would love to see him against Izzy, because he's just uh, as smart as Izzy. Uh, is nowhere close when it comes to striking. But has but his wrestling is is the best there is for MMA. So for I would sure. like to see him against a guy like that. But it's like uh, like, like his kicks, his leg movement, his like shit, man. It's like it's 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 unparalleled to be honest. It's is like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's like was the guy, the guy, the guy. The, you had a brawler mm. and you had a mixed martial artist. And that and that's yeah. exactly like where you I'm not going to this is ridiculous me saying this but like I boxed for 5 years and I would and there would and there were roid monkeys that would come into the gym and they Wait. thought that they <laughs> time out time out what were you boxing yeah. teddy bears and air balloons or something helium balloons or something what were you boxing no roid monkeys like yourself uh 
then then these juiced assholes would come in. Yeah. And they think that they would be able to punch as hard as they could mm. and, and win a sparring match. And they, uh, and they simply, I would beat the shit out of them mm. just to show them a lesson. And you one had, day I actually, You had superior technique is what you're trying to say. Yes, and, yeah. I, and I had a far better range. And I was not good from technique, but I was taller. And when you have range mm. and you fight somebody that's not intelligent, mm. especially a guy that swings with his arms open, if you have range... It's all day long. Yeah. Mm. That's all you have to do. Just jab. And the first mm. guy, and the first guy who, who, who beat the shit out of a brawler uh, was GSP in one of the most boring fights there was against Josh Koscheck, mm. which is a massive asshole. I don't know how many years ago with saw, a double jab. Yeah, Josh Koscheck, I saw four of his fights back to back, and he lost every one of them. I, I lost interest in watching that guy. And then I saw him at yeah. UFC Ultimate Fighter. He was a captain of one of the teams. But, I mean, for me, that era of fighters, yeah, GSP obviously takes the lead in discussion, but you've got Forrest Griffin. You've got, you've got obviously, Len, uh, man, Iceman, I forget the guy's name. You've got Matt Serra. Matt no, Chuck Liddell. Matt Chuck Matt Hughes was my guy. Matt Hughes was pretty good, man. Matt Hughes was pretty good. But, but they were and like... And then John they, Jones, for sure. And then you have the oh, Brazilian yeah. guys coming in with Anderson uh, uh, Silva. Vanderlei Silva, too, with this weird fucking facial expression and whatnot. Yeah, but he's a brawler. He was... Vanderlei was one of my favorite guys until many years ago. Mm. But he's a brawler. Vanderlei is not a mixed martial artist. This is going to be horrible. I never. I mm. hope he never hears this because he's going to kick my ass. Expert and he opinion was my from favorite. two people. Expert opinion on MMA from two people that barely watch MMA. <laughs> the, there you go. But like, if you see what what was it like, he had a strategy that it was supposed to be trading punches. Mm. And then he got his ass kicked by Chael Sonnen like two years ago because he developed zero, zero. Te then he had a one dimension. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. you had the one-dimensional Chael Sonnen that learned how to control a guy on the ground and mm. punch hard and beat him. And that's, uh, and, 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 that's, and that's what happened to Vanderlei, Krokop, Forrest Griffin, Rampage, um, Chuck Liddell. All of these guys, they were really good in one thing. They were never really good. But then you see an Anderson Silva, which was an ace in striking and an ace in jiu-jitsu. Then you see a John Jones, which is a really good striker and a spectacular ground fighter. And then you have uh, 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 GSP, which what is a karate, a karate guy and developed uh, yeah. into the best wrestler in mixed martial artist of all times and is a really good striker. And now you have, and now you have Izzy, which is like, shit, man. Like, a, you don't know, even know what, what the guy's going to do. It's like, what the fuck? You, you have one or two smart people in, in a big pile, a big pool of so many young up-and-coming fighters. Or you just and, 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 you know, it's funny. Izzy is a pure traditional kickboxer, hey? So he's giving yeah. his, his, his fights are shedding light on the kickboxing school of MMA. And it's sort of taking movement away from jiu-jitsu school of MMA, you know? And so yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to see that evolution in the sport. Four people from his school who are kickboxers are doing very well now. And yes. getting a lot of uh, uh, a spotlight in the UFC, but I want to ask you something though. So now that you're you're a baby daddy, you know, obviously you're so busy with your wife, nine to five, you're busy with your work and whatnot. 
where do you get to do these guy things? Because watching UFC has to be a guy thing. I'm not. I'm pretty sure your wife is not into watching fights. You, I'm, I'm guessing you don't put it up on TV at home. What do you do? Do you, do you have a group of guys that you catch the game with, or just highlights on YouTube? What's going on? Highlights, highlights, highlights. on YouTube. Mm. When she goes to sleep. Yeah. That's what. We... <laughs> so like she goes to sleep around and, and just, eight. And we want to make sure we, we we're clear about. Who she in this equation is? Here is the she is the one the who baby. wears the pants. It's the wife. We're talking about the wife who goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, fuck you very much. That's true. The <laughs> wife is going to bed at around ten, ten thirty. Yeah. And I'm going to bed around midnight. Yeah. So it's like pretty much from nine thirty till midnight. I I watch whatever I want. It's like, and uh, what I was watching this. Uh, the series on Netflix about coaches these days. Yeah. I saw Doc Rivers. Uh, Mourinho didn't impress me very much. Uh, except Joseph he's Mourinho? a genius. Yeah. Yeah, but the guys who really impressed me were Patrick Moratoglu and uh, Doc Rivers. Yeah. How it was like. You recommend well, it? I think it yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's called Timetable play, Playbook. 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 Timetable. <laughs> No, you're, but you're, watch it on you're, Netflix. You're constantly thinking about her food and breastfeeding timetable. That's you just can't escape that thought in your head. No, but you you really get into that. Your yeah. life is tech, is structured into three hour into three hour windows. Yeah. No, I just I just had a really stupid thought in my mind where where you're so obsessed with sports that your your timetable switches to a playbook and your playbook, your game, your soccer field, basically, your living room becomes a soccer field and you're like, oh, here comes a soccer ball, boom. The, <laughs> the bottom goes into her mouth and goal. And you know, you, you talk just because you need to sort of find humor and, and make these situations light. Well, what else can you do? Because you can't necessarily take two hours out of your day to watch a game or hang out with the buddies. Uh, you, know. you, you, you can, but you have to hold her in your lap. That's the But the guys don't like that though, right? Will they enjoy it? Will they no. enjoy your... Yes, there you go. You can't no, drink. You don't go... Guys, uh, are, guys uh, are probably drinking cerveja and whatnot. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I don't know. Like, I, I, I had lunch with a friend today, and yeah. I do it during work. Like, about, I'm during, uh, it's my lunch hour during work. Nice. I go and I hang out with... Uh, with friends and as as I'm my own boss, it's also a little bit easier because I can structure my time. For sure, yeah, for sure. But uh, that helps. Especially my bonus on the at the end of the year depends on my work performance. So <laughs> hang on a it's second. Like, hang on a second. Let me just make this clear for yeah. my listeners here. You're a director of your own company, and you were, you decided to give yourself a bonus based on your work performance. Obviously. How fucked up is that? What do you mean how fucked? It has to do with how much profit is available you, in the dare, year. How dare you give yourself a bonus? What do you there mean are, how, there are how people, I dare? There are people that don't have water to drink. They need rice to eat food. And here you're giving yourself a bonus? You own the company. How can you give yourself a bonus? You got to give your staff well, a honestly, bonus. Well, uh, honestly, if I didn't give myself a bonus, I'd pay myself a weekly, a, a, monthly, a, a monthly pay, which is much higher than I should. And the risk and all the work is mine. And the people that participate in each project are properly uh, well, uh, paid as well. There's nothing wrong with capitalism in that sense. I'm just putting it in Fuck the Fuck you, asshole. Yeah. 
I'm all for capitalism, man. I'm far, I'm way on the other side of the spectrum as far as socialism is concerned, because that's a new buzzword in economics these days, social economics and socialism, right? I don't want to even talk no, about I, that. We're not I, going I'm there. I'm actually, but I, 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 I'm actually more on the left than on the right, but this is too long of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what they, children... you know what they say, though? I think I, this is this this uh, it syncs with my evolution as a thinker about politics. When we started thinking about politics, we were probably in university at a higher level, right? Having decent, reasonable discussions, debates. And I think majority of us were liberal because we we felt so dearly about the policies and how they actually affect the general population: taxes, healthcare, income disparity, poverty distribution, and so on and so forth. And then when you graduate and you get a job and you, you work for somebody and you earn a, an X amount for every week at the end of the month, and then you see how much of that is deducted, you sort of like, fuck, man, I wish the policies were different because I worked hard for this paycheck, right? And that's when you are, your priorities switch and you evolve as a person. You're like, okay, very soon I'm going to have to provide for my family. I wish I was not a liberal because, God dang it, my money is going for people and what the hell is happening with that money? Because I don't see any improvement in social welfare or infrastructure, among other things. If it were improving, we'd be in the Scandinavian countries and living a good life, high-quality life, and not complaining a dime. But, you know, oh, yeah, in developing but, countries, it's a problem still. So. So, that's the, so that's the main thing where I go, because I do believe... Uh, this is funny coming from a, a guy like me, but I do believe in affirmative action. Mm. I do believe in public health care. I do believe in public security. Yeah. I do believe that the state plays an important role. But the problem is, is when you give so much money to a state yeah. that is so inherently corrupt, like in this country, that does so little for you, that pretty much you have to pay everything twice, you need to pay uh, car insurance, health insurance, private school. Um, well, what the rest of the vote? You need to pay. Uh, you need to pay private uh, a private pension plan mm. because because of you. You're scared that the state will fail, mm. or because of the state deducts so much of you that it may makes no that it makes no sense sense as a self-employed person like me to pay uh, to pay a pension program through the state. That it's like uh, that it's like okay. I'm not against paying taxes. I'm gonna be very clear here. Yeah. But as long as I see a return. Yeah. And like uh, and like taxes in Brazil are very very unfair. I wouldn't see a problem in me paying a flat tax, which is much higher than a person that makes minimum wage. Mm. As long as it goes somewhere that I know it's gonna make a difference. In yeah. Brazil, you almost have a flat income tax, and you have a gigantic consumer tax on consumer ta on consumer goods. There was a last thing for every for every dollar in Brazil. There's kind of an equation mm. for every dollar that you spend on a beer. <coughs> excuse me. Fifty-two cents goes to the government. So like it's a comparison. So imagine a guy that does minimum wage or a CEO from Coca-Cola or from yeah. Merrill Lynch or from Citibank or whatever, they pay exactly the same tax yeah. on the same consumer good. So that's the big problem in Brazil when it comes to taxes and so on. And income tax, so is the is the is the other issue as well. I do really believe and this really comes to 
it comes to uh, saying, ah, you, you're just talking about the shit that you're idealistic and whatnot. If there's a stronger economy, if there's a more booming economy, there are more people that can afford the kind of shit I sell, which is high-end consumption goods. So a, a better developed society, more people with education, people with a higher income, at a lower inflation rate, I can sell more and I can make more money, I can employ more people. And yeah. so like it's all, but the thing is, when you pay taxes in countries like this, where, where you're going to find out that this ends up in a, in a, in a bank in the Cayman Islands, uh, uh, a five-story mansion, or some government program that's going to lead to absolute horseshit. And like you see the quality of the roads in Brazil, which mm -hmm. are only good when you need to pay besides the annual road tax you need to pay if you have a car the only roads that are good you have to pay a toll what do you call that those things that are on the highways uh that you have to pay uh, every time you you cross them it's, it's a toll yeah there you go and those are the only ones that are good so you need to pay everything fucking twice even to have proper security in this country, you have to... Every building in Brazil has a doorman, not because it is a luxury item, but because it's a security item. Mm. And like private condominiums and stuff, it's the same thing. So as long as you need to pay everything twice in this country, I'm, I'm going to shift more and more to the right when I see the... Unless I see the, hell, the left doing something different in Brazil that has to do with ending starvation. At this point, the, the, at this point, it's time that the left teaches people in these countries, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Peru, uh, fucking Venezuela, which turned into a failed state, but people yeah. don't talk about it, yeah. is that they start giving people, especially the people they abused on and uh, take mm -hmm. advantage of, ways of making their own life, of becoming good, because as an employer, you do interview people in Brazil, and the level of uh, common sense, uh, interpreting a text, writing qualities, and so on, it progressively gets worse, and it has to do with the failed, with the failed public system. So basically, you're following the American education system in a way, because that's exactly how bad it's over there. People don't have. I mean, oh, here it's much you have, worse. You have a product like Grammarly that does well. What do you? Where do you think the world is headed to in terms of education systems, man? People can't even write a sentence properly. They need an app to tell them that, oh, this is how you put a comma, and this is how you make a sentence. I mean, I see, I see the advantages. I see the advantages where English is not the first language. I for sure see that it'll help in help help helping them picking it up faster. But at the same time, in, in it's an American product that's doing its best uh, business in North America. How can that be? People are they're that far disconnected with learning fundamentals because of fucking social media and use of smartphones and texting where they're just using two digits, not really typing or using a pen and paper to write. It's it's that's that's the direction that they're headed in. So if that's where Brazil is headed to, yeah, I can imagine that's probably why it's. No, oh, here, 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 we 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 wish that we had a, at least something close to America. Here it gets to a point where there are strikes that last three months. That kids don't have don't have a desk to sit on, depending on the region of the country, or there's no public transport from school to home. That they have to walk an hour and a half or take a canoe to to get to school. 
so like so like so like here it's still like so primitive so underdeveloped uh, educationally that that's the, the 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 problem here is structurally it has mm. like you can do affirmative action you can do whatever you want but if the quality of these yeah. schools of these universities of these systems do not develop it doesn't yeah. matter how many how how you try to equalize it yeah. whoever has access to a private education or has money to study abroad is always going to have an advantage for sure for sure it's the same the it's the same argument you see a lot of economists making now ferguson says the same thing about capitalism where people that have capital will obviously earn more you know yeah. thomas, thomas piketty in his book talks about the same thing people that have capital get richer and wealthier as compared to people that don't have capital because they're not investing in anything so there's no interest being earned and the same argument can be applied in terms of access to basic infrastructure people that get access to basic infrastructure that gives them a good quality of education will obviously graduate into a, a better opportunity for themselves as opposed to other people and uh, so that's that's 100% true man and that's true for most developing country you look at africa you look at asia you look here you look in brazil it's it's the same man 100%. No, i'm going to but that that's where the state should come in and but there's corruption level the right? there's so much corruption yeah there bro. you go yeah there there's you go of... oh, that's the problem yeah. like I, there, there's something like that uh comparatively the the public sector in brazil for the same job pays 33% to twice as much as the same job in the private sector. So like in Brazil, it's still a structure and it, the government, this asshole on the right that's here, he should have tackled this, but he's doing everything he, he can't. So he can find out a way of, of staying in power of governing rather than tackle, tackling this issue that somebody that's, uh, let's say, how can we say this? A school teacher in the in the public sector makes three times as much as a school teacher in the private sector. The just government shouldn't be investing in wages. Just the government tenure, should right? be investing mm. in reducing the gap between mm. the private and the public sector, especially people that depend on this. You should not die because you go to a public hospital and you should not stay alive yeah. because you go to a private hospital. But the government doesn't invest in that. And that's the huge thing with paying taxes in a country like this. If you saw an investment in something like this, it makes sense. But I'll tell you something. You should, yeah. I'll tell you something. Even in schools in, in the U.S., good private schools, uh, the, the instructors in good private schools don't make as much money as they probably would do in other schools. If you take the best schools in the U.S., right, best uh, college prep high schools, for example, the instructors there, they are some of the best instructors in the world, right? But they're selected to teach in these schools because they want to teach. And they're, they're willing to not receive as much income as opposed to being recruited in other institutions. So there's that understanding. So I'm not sure if that's the same uh, thought process in Brazil in terms of the education sector, but is, these are just guarantees that these people just make three times more. It's a guarantee of a salary, right? I'm under, is, that, is that the assumption here? Uh it has it has a lot to do with you you having to go through a through taking a test which is hard really oh, hard I see, to pass. I see. So, okay, then, okay, and, okay, and, gotcha. And then you become a public servant, a public servant, or gotcha, a, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But once you're in, you can't be fired, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, one yeah, of the, the most absurd things there is. 
Yeah. So um, it, 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 it creates, can you imagine you having a company and you can't fire somebody because they're doing a shit job? But aren't these guys some of the smartest guys because the exams that they take are tough, right? And I'm guessing... No, they are. They are. But that's, then that's another huge problem. It's like you take... It's like, it's like you're, some of these people are brilliant, but then they don't have a motivation to go forward. Mm. Mm. There's like no reward. It's kind of like there is a reward. You actually work on bonuses and so on. You really need to yeah, explain yeah. this and you move up your career. But it shouldn't have gotten to a point where the where I think uh, 50 or 60 percent of the tax that's collected in Brazil is used to pay wages. Like, can I believe, you imagine? I believe, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. I believe. No, that. but and like in a private company, wages should be max 30 percent of your turnover. Uh, 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 I don't think no, so. Man. It, no, it should be. Because there are tons of other, you need to reinvest. You're sure. not talking about gigantic bonuses and stuff like, ah, you take out, uh, I don't know, if you have a hundred million profit in a year, you put, you go out and put a hundred million on your pocket. No, you don't need a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. But like you take five million out, you take ten million out for profit, and then you reinvest. You keep on growing. You keep on going in other directions. Yeah. So yeah. like healthy companies. And good-paying companies, if you look their way, because in Brazil also 40% of what you earn goes to tax. So using the, the rationale in Brazil, if you pay over 20% in wages, you're gonna you're gonna have a you're gonna go into fiscal issues really soon, because uh, through direct and indirect taxes, you pay between 40 to 45% taxes. So the, the the so you can't even go on top of that because with tax. And uh, wages, you already are at 65% if you're a healthy company. So, gotcha. like, uh, gotcha. so like using using the Brazilian model mm. about that's what you that that that's what you need to work with. Gotcha. It's okay, man. But I wanna I wanna switch gears a little bit, tone it down a little bit. I think we spend a lot of time speaking about some serious matters, which is great. I love the fact that we always you know dedicate some amount of time, most of our time, talking about political affairs, economics, because I know you're passionate about that. And I'm really happy that you touched upon fatherhood because it's so important to see both you and Andrew evolve into the roles that you're doing. You're changing. You're becoming men. This is called adulting, I would say, because. I don't think I would ever know this till such time I have a wife or, or a baby of my own because that's just how life is, right? Um, I wanted to speak about your health. You said you've been getting hurt a lot recently. How's your foot? How's your ankle? What are you doing about your health? Are you looking at nutrition, fitness? Do you need some pointers? I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> Look, uh, you're, you're one massive asshole talking about this, but okay. I'm gonna Why? Be, I'm, what do you gonna mean? Why? <laughs> I want to. I want to because just, yeah. I want to pick your mind. When it, when it comes to health and exercise, I don't do what I have to. I do what I like. <laughs> so so let's get into this. I should uh, I should <laughs> with the amount of injuries I have spend more time at the gym than playing tennis or going for a run. Mm. I hate lifting weights. So what do I do? I end up, uh, I ended up, how did I get injured? Because I'm weighing too much. I'm weighing about 93 kilos right now. Uh, 
Wow. You, you figure that out later in... You're shorter in, than I am, so that's really disproportionate. I understand. Fuck you. Uh, let me... Uh, 93, point, 93 times 2.5. What is Come this? on, man. 196. No, no, this, this is wrong. I'm not weighing 230 pounds. <laughs> 93 times 2.5. You're fudging. Oh, come on. Is this serious? I'm weighing 232 pounds. <laughs> no, no your, fucking way. Your calculator is not broken, bro. It's a calculator. It's not broken. Get, get no, no, there's a, there, there's a mistake with here. It. No, the only mistake right now is probably prescription glasses. You probably need to change the prescription no, glasses. The, uh, what are, what's 93 kilos? Listen, it's, me... you, even if you take double that, right? Even if you take double that, it's normally, it's normally double. So 2 times 93 is 186. So you're hovering 190 pounds approximately. Converter. No, I need to see this. I'm fucking freaking out. If this is... Okay, 93. No, 205 pounds. Which is still, which is still a lot. Yeah, no, my healthy weight... What I weighed about a year or two ago was 180 pounds. Mm. And, uh, and so, uh, so right now, because of that... And uh, I'm actually uh, going behind in the kind of food I like. My favorite food used to be sushi. Mm. Nowadays, I'm really into uh, high-level hamburgers. Like, what the fuck? That's, like, a, that's a douchebag's way of saying I like eating five or six burgers. They just look a little more fancy than I. No, 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 no. It's not a douche. I like. There's a special. It needs to be meat. It needs to be rare. Mm. Mm from proper proper beef filet mignon rump steak or whatever it should be and uh and i i really really like that and i'm really a big fan of ramens nowadays ramen mm, good so good. so like uh, mm. i i consider myself and because i like my diet is what i like to eat <laughs> i have the need to drink two beers every night Oh wow, that's gonna kill it for sure. Obviously. So, so like, uh, so like, and what I'm doing? So what I'm doing health-wise? I ha I haven't been able to exercise since my injury, because I really I have four injuries on my foot and one injury on my ankle. That and all of good. them have. Yeah. No, I'm doing physiotherapy right now. Mm. I should be able to start running again in a month and a half. And playing tennis in a month and a half again. So what is it about running that you, you just want to keep pursuing in spite of having hurt your foot and ankle so many times? First of all, running, I, I'm really competitive. So I love tennis, but I like winning more than I like tennis. And so the what, good thing so about... what you're telling me is that you suck at tennis, so you keep losing. So you're like, fuck this, I don't want to play tennis because I lose so much, so I want to go run. Because Poxy's accompanying you, and he's never going to compete with you. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, okay, you gigantic cunt of a man. I just made that one up. I, uh, for my intermediate level in my league, I'm actually fourth in the rankings. I'm a, I'm, I'm a three-time champion and a two-time runner-up. 
just so I can write a huge F and a U on your four on your bald head. So I'm actually getting better at it. And when it comes to tennis, when it comes to running, it's like I'm not competing with anybody. And it's really good for me to listen to a podcast. And it's really and and it really relaxes me. And it's funny how it gets how it, it, it is so tiring. The time I, I ran 21 kilometers, which is, uh, put it later in whatever uh, weird conversion thing you have, but it's called a half marathon. It really takes you, it, it really, it's a sense of achievement. Okay. And it's so like, because I, I, used, I used running to relax and I used tennis to compete okay. and I'm happy when I win. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're combining the two. One is more therapeutic, another two that satisfies your competitive spirit, which is great. I appreciate that. So are you following the French Open right now, Roland Garros? Oh, yeah. Who's your guy? Who are you supporting? Oh, Dominic Thiem. Oh, I'm Austrian, man. man. Oh, come on. Get that guy What do you mean? His my, I need to be patriotic here. It's like asking me if I would cheer for Brazil or Argentina during a, during a World Cup because of Messi. We already established in my podcast that you're Brazilian. You're nothing Austrian. We established that. That's public information. You cannot, no, you cannot create No, I'm that. more Brazilian than I'm Austrian, but I'm definitely Austrian. So, so this is, now it's getting convenient. Now it's getting very convenient for you to pick Austria because you've got one kid representing Austria for the first time in 50 years on the tennis court. Uh, he actually won the first Grand Slam and Austrian hadn't won in 22 years, to be more specific. Way to go. And only because two of the main guys were not playing and the other guy got kicked out because he hit the damn ball girl. Hey, he, he, he was stupid. It's not his fault. What the... Uh, Djokovic, in my opinion, is the best tennis player of all time. He only loses to himself, except for Clay. Great, great. He only loses to himself. Great. Word no, but he only to... loses to himself. Isn't we have to true? be honest. Isn't, isn't that true for most individual sportsmen that play individual sports? You end up losing because you lose and not the not other person. Not in tennis. Not mm. in tennis. Mm. Tennis is, uh, the, you, you compete so much throughout the year. Yeah. That it's like, uh, it, uh, did, you, did you ever read Andre Agassi's... Uh, I have not. Biography? One of, my favorite, one of my favorite tennis players, but I didn't read his book. I'll check you it need, out. Though. It's the best sports biography there is. Apparently so. I believe you. It was ranked number one, and everybody loved it. And, no, know. no, but it also, it also shows, you, shows you how grueling tennis is on a mental stage. I it's believe like, that. There, yeah. there, there, there are autobiographies. Like, I read Jensen Button's biography. Uh, Formula One. Okay. Formula One. It's pretty good, too. Yeah. But Formula One, the cars and the engineers play a greater role For sure. than the pilots. The pilots are, are, are the icing on the cake. They play a major role. But they're I, like the, yeah. they, they're like the end 10% of the final product. When it I, comes to I agree tennis, with you. I, I agree with you 100% because it's, it's, you're watching that sport. First of all, it's a car. You're, okay, you're good at reflexes. You can drive a car top speed. Okay, great. But the... What are you without the engine? What are you without the car? You're, you're not oh. doing anything else, you know? So, I, I mean, I, I, I do not agree with people that refer to Formula One drivers as super athletes. I'm like, get out of here. No, they're not. You're not, they're you're, not. you're just, you're trained like a super athlete, great, but it's the car that's center stage, you know? Yes, it's, it's, it's very different than like, 
it's it's crazy and like even uh, well, I don't know what you can compare to tennis when it comes to I think the all of time. Uh, I think all individuals for you look at golf, no. golf golf is very stressful too man golf because there's more there's more to Could it there are eight or nine elements to one swing and you have so you have 72 swings I'm guessing no four, but like tennis uh, I, I, I I don't know anything about golf so I'm not gonna get into this but like have you ever tried shooting have you ever been clay shooting double trap Take her shotgun, shot clay birds. Have you ever tried that? No, I, 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 I don't kill animals. I just eat them. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Neo. <laughs> You're fucking dumbass. Okay, I want to uh, wrap it up now. I know you got to go. I got to go too, but I want to wrap this up on a very nice note. And what I want to do is, bro, I'm going to uh, end with a round of pictures. Thanks for tuning in. Beastie's Basic Podcast is now streaming on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Bye.